We're going to continue on game on. And I want to ask a question. Have you ever met somebody who basically told you that they were the best basketball player to play, but when they got on the basketball court, you realized they didn't know what in the world they were talking about? You ever met someone like that? Who said, you know what, I'm the best player at this thing, and when you actually play them, you're like, you know what, they really ain't the best as they thought. Or you may have found somebody who said, I could do this thing or that thing. And when you told them to do it, you realized they couldn't do it. You see, too many times, that's like me and you as Christians. We say we are Christians, but we don't walk like Christians. We talk it good, but we don't walk it. For those who may watch wrestling... When I used to watch wrestling years ago, one of the, I would say, one of the best wrestlers to ever watch, because I thought he put on the best show, was Ric Flair at that time. Listen, but Ric Flair always had a saying, but to be the man, you got to beat the man. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Don't just say it, you've got to do it. And that's what we are like in our Christian life, where we just talk it, but we don't walk it. You see, words can be a tricky thing. It's hard to find the right words to express emotions like love, pain, and anger, heartbreak, disappointment, hope, etc. In the same way, our faith is a difficult thing to talk about. For some of you, you're not even sure what you believe. So you know you sound confused if you talked about your faith because you feel confused. That's okay. Some of you call yourself followers of Jesus, but you get terrified the idea of talking to anyone about anything that could be misinterpreted or controversial. Some of you are followers of Jesus and have talked about God with your friends or family members. You see, the thing that we want to look at today is understand that Daniel did not just say he was a Christian. Daniel did not just say, I'm a follower of Christ no matter what. Daniel walked it. You see, a lot of us, we know the Christianese. What I mean by Christianese is the Christian language. We could talk and we could make ourselves sound like the, Christ, the best Christian in the world. But guess what? You ask someone in school, they'll tell you, guess what? That person, Christian? Hmm. You must mean Chris Mussey. That was stale. I like that one. Yeah, I like that one. That was stale. Oh, yeah, all right. That was worth a shot, you know? But guess what? The sad thing is, people would never know that we are Christians by the way we walk. Because the talk is cheap. And that's what our main point tonight is this. You talk by the way you walk. You see, actions speak louder than words. That's what it's all about. Your talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. You got to walk it. You got to show it. And Daniel, as we think of Daniel's life, <clears throat> we see it. We see a man who, even as we looked at previously, as we think of Daniel, we first of all saw him on a 10-day diet. You remember the 10-day diet where he would not conform to eating the king's food that was um, sacrificed to idols because he knew the word of God. Secondly, we saw the man who prayed, who asked God to help him to interpret a dream. 
Tonight we're going to look at Daniel in the lion's den. And I, like I said, I know that all of us in this room have heard this story over and over again. But please, please, let us look at it again. And let's recognize exactly what Daniel did. You see, for me and you, and especially for you guys in school, as I remember in school, standing up for God was probably not the cool thing to do in the eyes of people. You see, I used to come to church. I knew everything to say. I knew all the right Sunday school answers. The teacher would ask the questions. We, know, we all know that. But how many of us walk it? So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Jan- Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials, the satraps, sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could not, found no, could not find no ground or complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, He shall not find any ground of complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Think about that for a second. Here it is. Daniel has a group of guys who want to see him fall. Who want to see him fall flat on his face. Who want him to compromise because they were jealous of him. You know, he was above them. They were jealous of that because you know why? They wanted what he had. They wanted that position. They wanted to see him fall. They want to see him compromise his relationship. And if so, you know, to me as I think about this, as we think of verse 5, the only thing that they could ever say to find fault with Daniel was one thing. Let's try to find it with his relationship with God. Let's see if we could find him because we know he is passionate about God. We know that he's, as we'll see later on, he prays three times a day. We know that. He does all these things. Let's try to see what we could work up to try to make sure that they understand. Look, Daniel does this thing. King, as we'll look later on, King, Daniel don't respect you. You know, I, I joke around and, um, you know, I've told you all many times and I have a nice time with Michael. You know, I'm a, I, I, I was in high school, I was an instigator. I like to instigate and I still, I guess he'll tell you, I still like to instigate problems, you know. I'm an instigator. That was like what these guys, they were trying to instigate a problem. They were trying to make sure that the king found fault. They, you know, we go to someone, wait, you know, so-and-so over there, you don't even know what they said about you. They ain't said nothing about you, right? But you know, you wanted to cause a fight. Right, they talk about your mommy, boy. What'd they say? I know, but you want you to go find out. What usually happens then? Fight break out. They don't know why they're fighting because I instigated the whole thing. That's what's happening here. They are trying to instigate Daniel. They're trying to make Daniel look like, you know what? He's this bad person. Because King, you know why he's bad? Because he don't want to worship you above everyone else. It goes on in verse 10 and said this. As they already, just so you know, they already had a document that was signed because they wanted the king to be worshipped. They wanted the king to be recognized as the one who was holy, the one who was above everyone else. I'll just read what it says in verse 8. It says, Now, O king, and they wanted an injunction, sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians. 
which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed a document and injunction. And as we get into verse 10, it says this. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, and the sign was that they had to worship only the king, he went, went to his house where he had windows. In his upper chamber, open toward Jerusalem, he got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Now, you know what I may be wondering right now? Why in the world did Daniel go right in front of the window to pray? Because he's what? <laughs> Daniel could have went anywhere else to pray. He could have went in the closet. He could have went anywhere else so no one would see him. <coughs> but he decided to go right in front of the window. That's even open the blinds, you know, so everyone could see me praying. You see, Daniel wanted to make a point. He wanted to make a point to these guys to say, look, I really don't care whatever you make up. I'm not going to hide my relationship with God for no one. I want to be seen. I'm not going to change anything that I used to do. Because you made this injunction. Because Daniel knew that they signed this injunction. He knew they signed this document and said it would only worship the king. He goes on and says this, Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making a petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king and certainly injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes a petition to any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast in a den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing that stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Here it is. You sign a document that no one should ever take any prayer or petition to anyone but you. But here's Daniel. The man who's basically, you know, in a sense, they want to just say, he don't care about you. He ain't got no respect for you. He praying his God, man. He ain't wearing, he can even do it in the front of the window. He ain't scared of nothing. He ain't worrying about what you, what you think about him. He ain't worrying about you. You ain't got no power. You see, Daniel didn't change nothing. But the question for me and you as we think of our daily lives, especially you in school, is this. How many times do we compromise our relationship with God to please our friends? So we'd be accepted by them. How many of us come here on a Friday and Sunday and we walk and we talk here. But when we get there on Monday morning, everything is gone. What if I had to go to your teachers? What if I had to go to your close friends in school? What would they tell me about you? Would they say that so-and-so is a Christian by the way they conduct themselves? Or would they say, huh, Christian? I can say Christmas again, you know. I can use that one. But what they say, Christian, you know, I don't, I don't see nothing that's, that even resembles Christ in that person. You see, Daniel really did not care. And it goes on in verse 18. Verse 13, I mean, sorry, and it said this. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah? Pays no attention to you, O king. 
or the injunction of sign, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. You see, the king recognized that, look, Daniel is talking to the right person. Daniel is worshiping the right person. He's talking to the one that he needs to talk to. And then verse 15 said, Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Now, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king established can be changed. You see, they were trying to make sure that the king carried out what he said he was going to carry out. The king, in his mind, wanted to change everything. He, loved, he, he saw Daniel, a man of integrity, a man that pursued God with everything, a man that was upright, a man that no one could really find a complaint with except his relationship with God. That's the only complaint they could find with him. It even goes on, and, and as, as, we, as we look at verse 18, it says this, Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Here it is, the king is even fasting. Fasting why? Because of Daniel being thrown in the den. He wants to make sure, look, Daniel's already been thrown in the den. I don't want nothing to happen to him. You see, we don't even have a, a part in the scripture to even say what was going on in, while Daniel was in the lion's den. We know that Daniel does explain later on. But we don't even have nothing that goes from one point to the next. It just goes straight into saying that the king is fasting. And then verse 19. Then at the break of day, the king arose and went in a haste to the den of lions. So there's the king woke up and he said, you know what? I need to go check on my boy Daniel. I want to go check on, make sure everything is all right. Make sure if it's God deliver him. Let's see what happened. Verse 20 says this. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, I, Daniel, a servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. Here it is, as we see, Daniel being delivered. Here it is, the king even praying and fasting so that Daniel will not be eaten alive. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you in this room would like to be thrown in a den of lions? No one, right? Yeah, Sean, Sean raises his hand. He'd like to be thrown in. We could set that up, buddy, if you want. You know, but here it is, a, a den of lions. A den of lions. Now, I wonder, you know, we may think, well, you know what? These lions, man, they must have been some tame lions. They, none was, you know, they weren't no vicious lions. They were just easygoing, no problem lions. You know, they weren't, they weren't hungry, right? They weren't hungry, you know. They just, let, they just let Daniel just go ahead. You know, they was too tired to even worry about him. You know, they weren't hungry. They already had enough. That's what we think. But as we will see, as we pick it up in verse 20, it said this. And this is Daniel explaining. But God sent his angel, shut the door, shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him, because he had trusted his God. 
Now, as we see in verse 24, the king commanded in those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were born and cast in a den of lions. Now listen, they, their children and their wives, and before they could even reach the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. So if you don't think they was hungry, that just showed you how hungry they were. They didn't even let these men even get down on the ground. They just ate them alive before they could even get down. Every bone broken. What a God. What faith Daniel had to also walk the talk. You see, people may try to change the story, and like you said, that they were tired, they didn't want to need. But we see here, proven, as the king throws the rest of the men over, and just think about it for a second, as these men falsely accused Daniel, trying to, well, they didn't falsely accuse him, but he wanted to pray no matter what. But just trying to get him in trouble. What happened to them? Their punishment was that they died. You see, too many times in our world today, especially in the Bahamas and, and around the world, we think the unrighteous come out looking like the righteous. We see so many things where we see people who sell drugs and everything else, they look like they have all, everything together because they get all the money in the world they need, they can buy whatever they want. But there come a day when we all stand before God and recognize that, look, God is not to be satisfied with just us talking it. He wants to be satisfied with us walking it. So how do we apply this tonight? To earn the right to be heard, keep going. When the time is right, talk about it. You see, again, it goes back. Our actions will speak for ourselves. Our actions will tell everything about us. Our actions can fool no one, but our words can You know, like I, like I started out saying, someone can come to you and talk a good game. They could tell you whatever they want to tell you. They could tell you they're the best basketball player. They could tell you the best softball player, soccer player, best at this thing, that thing, and all. The list goes on. But until they prove it, it means absolutely nothing. For me and you, until we prove until we prove that we are genuinely followers of Christ through our walk and not just our talk, then nothing else is going to matter. See, talk is cheap. Talk is cheap, but our walk is everything. So I challenge you, as, we, as you think about this week as you go to school, I want you to really think about your walk. I want you to really think about if I ask your friends or if your friends... We said any of your friends and asked them if they knew you were a Christian. What would they say? Because that's what matters. And let me just say this also as you think about it. Because some of you in this room may say, well, you know what? <laughs> I got everybody fooled. Because I cried in school and, you know, they think I'm a Christian. That's why God sees everything. You can't fool God. You can fool me, fool anyone else, but you can't fool God. So I challenge you as you go about this week, if you have an opportunity to share about your relationship with Jesus Christ, do it. You know, we have all the excuses of why we don't want to share. 
But I think one of the biggest things that we don't even think about, we could say we're scared and all that, but you know one of the other things I think we all, some of us in this room be scared of because you know why? We know what our friends would say about us. You hypocrite. How you could tell me about Jesus, yet you don't live it? I want to just um, close with a song. And as we sing this song, I want you to just think about your life and, and think about whether or not you really have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because the song we're about to sing is called, Came to My Rescue. And as we think of Daniel and the lion's den, we saw God come to his rescue. And guess what? God may, we may, none of us in this room may never be thrown in a lion's den and God had to come tie the mouths of lions. But guess what? Every day of our lives, we struggle. We struggle because our flesh wants us to do one thing. But for us who know, our, who know you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, our hearts are saying to do another thing. So I challenge you. Understand tonight that you either are with God or you're not. So let's just stand and, and make this our prayer before we go into our small groups. Came to my rescue.
Before we go to our small groups, I want to read at the end of that chapter exactly what happened. Because of Daniel stand up his face, said this, I make a decree, and this is the king, I make a decree that in all my domi- royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. You see, if Daniel wouldn't have stood up, because of Daniel's faith, a nation was saved. So I challenge you as you go into your small groups, let's be transparent. Let's be real as we talk about standing up for God. Thank you.